yeah, 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 you, you can all be seated. <laughs> hey, I am like new, new to this, so awesome. See, that song gets me going, you can't stop me, like goes through my head. All right. Okay, well, we're going to read tonight in 1 Samuel, all right, because tonight I'm going to give you some keys on how to be unstoppable giant killers, Okay unstoppable giant killers because when I look at all of you I'm like oh yeah these are the people giant killers in the room first Samuel 17 I'm gonna read I know we use um, New King James version a lot but I'm gonna use the living Bible just because I like the way it sounded in this version all right remember to keep our pastors in prayer they are um, in Florida right now getting all refreshed and ready to come back and be with us, but just pray with them that they would just have an awesome time, peaceful time, restful time, whatever God wants to happen, that it'll happen when they're there. Amen. All right. So first Samuel 17. Now I got to tell you too, I got a lot of Bible reading. Okay. Cause, um, I just felt like, I know we've all heard this story, but just to like Go ahead and read the whole thing, okay? So I'm going to do a lot of reading, so just bear with me, okay? All right? The Word is good, though, and it's going to get inside of us, and, and the Word is what causes change, right, and growth. So the Philistines now mustered their army for battle and camped between Soko and Judah, and and if I say these wrong, you probably won't know because I don't even know how to pronounce them, but I'm just <laughs> going for it. So Azekah in Ephes Demim. Saul countered with the buildup of forces at Elah Valley. So the Philistines and Israelis faced each other on opposite hills with the valley between them. Then Goliath, a Philistine champion from Gath, came out of the Philistine ranks to face the forces of Israel. Now I'm going to read this, but then in a minute we're just going to like break down the scriptures, but I'm just going to go with the whole story here. He was a giant of a man measuring over nine feet tall. He wore a bronze helmet, a 200-pound coat of mail, which that's just like, I had to look that up. So I'm like, what in the world? 200 mail? But it's like bronze um, platelets and armor. Yeah, just it's kind of like fish scales, it said, but it's of bronze. 200-pound coat of mail, bronze leggings, and carried a bronze javelin several inches thick, tipped with a 25-pound iron spearhead. And his armor bearer walked ahead of him with a huge shield. He stood and he shouted out across to the Israelis, Do you need a whole army to settle this? I will represent the Philistines and you choose someone to represent you and we will settle this in a single combat. If your man is able to kill me, then we will be your slaves. But if I kill him, then you must be our slaves. I defy the armies of Israel. Send me a man who will fight with me. When Saul and the Israeli army heard, okay, right there, heard this. They heard they were being threatened, right? They were dismayed and frightened. David, the son of aging Jesse, a member of the tribe of Judah who lived in Bethlehem, had seven older brothers, three oldest Eliab, Abinadab, and Shema had already volunteered for Saul's army to fight the Philistines. 
David was the youngest son and was on Saul's staff on a part-time basis. He went back and forth to Bethlehem to help his father with the sheep for 40 days, twice a day, morning and evening. 40 days. Morning and night, the Philistine giant strutted, big old proud giant strutted before the armies of Israel. One day, Jesse said to David, take this bushel of roasted corn, or sorry, roasted grain, and these 10 loaves of bread to your brothers. Give this cheese to their captain and see how the boys are getting along and bring us back a letter from them. Saul and the Israeli army were camped at the Valley of Elah. So David left the sheep with another shepherd and took off early the next morning with the gifts. He arrived at the outskirts of the camp just as the Israeli army was leaving for the battlefield with shouts and battle cries. Soon the Israeli and Philistine forces stood facing each other, army against army. David left his luggage with a baggage officer and hurried out to the ranks to find his brothers. As he was talking with them, he saw Goliath, the giant, step out from the Philistine troops and shout his challenge to the army of Israel. As soon as they saw him, the Israeli army began to run away in fright. Keywords there, heard and saw. Fear came. As soon as, okay, it says, And David said, have you seen the giant? The soldiers were asking. He has insulted the entire army of Israel. And have you heard about the huge reward the king has offered to anyone who kills him? And the king will give him one of his daughters for a wife. And his whole family will be exempted from paying taxes. Yeah. (laughs) David talked to some of the others standing there to verify the report. What will a man get for killing this Philistine? And ending his insults to Israel, he asked them, who is this heathen Philistine anyway that he is allowed, allowed to defy the armies of the living God? David comes on the scene. Who is this guy? But when David's oldest brother, Eliab, heard David talking like that, he was angry. What are you doing around here anyway, he demanded. What about the sheep you're supposed to be taking care of? I know what a cocky brat you are. You just want to see the battle. See why I like the words in here? <laughs> what have I, it just gets me like really feeling it, you know? So, what have I done now, David replied. I was only asking a question. And he walked over to some others and asked them the same and question and received the same answer. When it was finally realized what David meant, someone told King Saul and he sent for him. And David said, don't worry about a thing. I'll take care of this Philistine. Don't be ridiculous, Saul replied. How can a kid like you fight with a man like him? You are only a boy, and he has been in the army since he was a boy. Okay, he's a, he's a champion. He's a giant. But David persisted. When I am taking care of my father's sheep, he said, and a lion or a bear comes and grabs a lamb from the flock, I go after it with a club and take the lamb from its mouth. If it turns on me, I catch it by the jaw and club it to death. I have done this to both lions and bears, and I'll do it to this heathen Philistine too, for he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who saved me from the claws and the teeth of the lion and the bear will save me from this Philistine. Saul finally consented. All right, he said, go ahead, and may the Lord be with you. 
Then Saul gave David his own armor. Okay, now Saul was actually, they said, like a foot taller than the, the Israelis were a, a shorter type people, I read. And Saul was like really a foot taller than all of them. He was like the biggest Israeli. And David was just a young boy. And it says, Saul gave him his armor, a bronze helmet, a coat of mail. David put it on, strapped the sword over it, and took a step or two to see what it was like. For he had never worn such things before. He said, I can hardly move. And he took them off again. Then he picked up five smooth stones from a stream and put them in a shepherd's bag and armed only with his shepherd's staff and sling started across to the to Goliath. Goliath walked out towards David with the shield bearer ahead of him, sneering in contempt at this little red cheeked boy. Am I a dog? He roared at David that you come at me with a stick and he cursed David by the names of his gods. Come over here and I'll give your flesh to the birds and wild animals, Goliath yelled, threatening. David shouted in reply, you come to me with a sword and a spear, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of the armies of heaven and of Israel, the very God whom you have defied. Today, the Lord will conquer you and I will kill you and cut off your head. And then I will give the dead bodies of your men to the birds and wild animals. And the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel and Israel will learn that the Lord does not depend on weapons to fulfill his plans. He works without regard to human means he will give you to us as as goliath approached david as goliath approached david ran out to meet him and reaching into his shepherd's bag he took out a stone hurled it from his sling and hit the philistine in the forehead the stone sank in and the man fell on his face to the ground so david conquered the philistine giant with a sling and a stone since he had no sword, he ran over and pulled Goliath from his sheath and killed him with it and then cut off his head. When the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, they turned and they ran. Then the Israelis gave a great shout of triumph and they rushed after the Philistines, chasing them as far as Gath and, and the gates of Ekron and they conquered him that day. Amen. This story I love. It's so powerful. So we're going to go back to the beginning, and this is in verse 16, because this, okay, verse 16 says, for 40 days, twice a day, morning and evening, evening, the Philistine giant strutted before the, the armies of Israel and was threatening them. That is just like the devil. He roams about as a roaring lion. Lion. Okay, he's such a, all he can do is threaten us, but that's all it is, is threats. For 40 days, they could do nothing because they were afraid. Can you just imagine what they were rehearsing in their heads? The, the children of Israel, they were so afraid. Oh my goodness, have you heard the threats? Have you seen how big he is? He's a champion. Have, I mean, and so the, the more they heard it, and then the more they saw Goliath come out and threaten them, then all of a sudden they just rehearsed it, and all of a sudden they were fearful, and they could do nothing. They ran in fear. But see, here's the thing. If you go back to Exodus, okay, because maybe you're saying, well, they had a right to be fearful because that giant, he was big, and he was covered in all that armor, okay? But in Exodus chapter 23... 
Verse 27 says, The terror of the Lord shall fall upon all the people whose land you invade, and they will flee before you, and I will send hornets to drive out the Hivites, Canaanites, and Hittites from before you. I will not do it all in one year, for the land would become a wilderness, and the wild animals would become too many to control. But I will drive them out a little at a time until your population has increased enough to fill the land. And I will see your enlarged boundaries from the Red Sea to the Philistine coast. Okay? Right there, God was saying, I'm going to give you this land. This is your land. Your border extends to there. And let's, let's flip over to Joshua. Joshua chapter, let's see. Joshua chapter 13, verse 2 says, Now Joshua was, Joshua was an old man. You are growing old, the Lord said to him, and there are still many nations to be conquered. Here is a list of the areas still to be occupied. Okay? God says, this is your land. You still have land that you need to get. Here is a list of the areas still to be occupied. All the land of the Philistines. Okay? In Joshua, we were just told that this land did not belong to the Philistines. It belonged to the children of Israel. What were they so afraid of? God was with them. God had already told them, this is your land. But they saw the enemy as bigger than what God had said. Proverbs 23, 7 says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. And they thought that they were the underdogs. But really, the, the Philistines were the underdogs because God was with them. <sighs> so fear is so gripping. And that's what the devil tries to do. He tries to threaten us, but it's only a threat. The word of God is filled with promises. He's with us. He's for us. He's on our side. If he is for us, who can be against us? Amen. Fear is not from God. And so we have to recognize the threats that the enemy tries to use. It maybe it's in our finances. Maybe it's with, you know, something in our homes or families, whatever it may be. You have to recognize the threat of the enemy. And you have to know what the word of God says. God is bigger. Amen. You are bigger because God is bigger. Okay. Now I want to go to, we're going to rehearse this. Okay. We, we, we read all this. And we're going to look at um, what they saw through their own eyes, okay? So when they looked at Goliath through the eyes of man, but we're not supposed to see things through our natural eyes. We're supposed to see things through the word and through what the word of God says. We're supposed to see things through our spiritual eyes. But through the natural eyes, they saw Goliath. Here's the words they use for him. Giant, champion, proud. Okay, so... They saw him as bigger. But David got on the scene, and David saw Goliath through the eyes of the Lord. He said, he's a heathen, he's pagan, he's an infidel, he doesn't belong to God, he's an unbeliever, he's not a champion, he's evil against the living God. These are all the um, descriptions if you go through, like, different versions of the Bible. So David saw things the way that God saw them. Because he knew that God had given him that land. So who is this man 
He's not some giant. Who is this man that is defying the living God? And then we go to, to um, David in the eyes of man. Well, we know what his brother said. We know what, we know what Goliath said. We know what the king said. They said he's a young, cocky brat. <laughs> he's just a shepherd boy, a sheep tender. He's a kid. He's a fool. Okay? Here's this little boy. Who does he think he is? Okay, Goliath saw him as a little chihuahua in one of the versions. It says <laughs> he was a big old pit bull. And who is this little chihuahua? <laughs> but see, the thing is, the devil tries us to tries to get us to look at the exterior, to look at the physical things, to try to disqualify people. Oh, no, he's too poor, too whatever, too, you know what I mean? It's, I'm not even going to go there, but that you know what I mean. The, the devil tries to get you to focus on outward appearances so he can disqualify you. But God wants you to look at what's on the inside because he has already qualified you to do great things. Amen? Because the power of God is inside of you, so you are qualified to do whatever God puts before you. And the Bible says in 1 Samuel 16, 7 and 8, so just a few verses before in, in the previous chapter, says, don't judge by a man's face or height or his looks, he says, I don't make my decisions like that, but I look at a man's thoughts and intentions. I look at a man's heart. Don't judge by outward appearances. I look at what's on the inside of the man. And then Second Chronicles 16, 9 says, for the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the entire earth to show himself strong. Now this should get you, God is looking throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him, on whose heart is committed to him. God is looking to show himself strong on your behalf. What can man do to you? You have nothing to fear. Amen. God is looking to show himself strong on your behalf. Whatever it is, he wants to show himself strong on your behalf. The thing is, no matter what we're facing, we can't see it as a giant. We have to see it the way that God sees it. We have to look at it through the eyes of the Lord and what, and what God has already said. Greater is he that is in me than he that is within the world. Greater is he. Amen. You're greater because the spirit of the living God is inside of you. Jesus is greater. So you're greater because he's in you. Amen. No matter what you're facing, see things the way that God sees them. Goliaths are nothing. And somebody, some of you need to, when you get up in the mornings, you need to say, Goliaths are nothing. And keep telling yourself and keep telling yourself, God is bigger. Goliaths are nothing. God is bigger. Goliaths are nothing. Tell yourself that over and over again until you really start to believe it. Because when you really start to believe it, you're really going to act on it. And you're going to be like, who can stop or you can't stop me. You're going to be yelling at the devil. You're not going to be like. Oh my, running in fear like the children of Israel did. They saw things through their natural eye. Whew. All right. So now we're going to go over. And I want to give you four keys. Okay. Now that we've broken down the scriptures, we've got it. The land was theirs. I want to give you four um, keys. Okay. How to, you are giant killers. Okay. But these are keys that are going to continue 
to make you unstoppable every day, okay? So the first thing that we have to do, our confidence has to be in the Lord. Our confidence has to be in what the Word of God says, not what man says, not what we see, not what we've been told, not what we hear. We have to have confidence in the Lord and what He says. If it's in the Word, then that's the truth about your situation. Does the Word say He will supply all of your need? Yes, it does. So are all of your needs met? In Jesus' name, all of your needs are met. Psalms 23, 1 says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. If I shall not want, that means I have everything I need. Do you need wisdom? Do you need peace? Do you need joy? Do you need finances? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. That is a promise, and that is what you should be seeing. Not seeing yourself lacking anything. Amen? See what the Lord sees and not what man says. Psalms 118.6, and I don't know what version this is because I didn't write it down, but I, but it's not New King James and it's not um, the living, but it says, He is for me. How can I be afraid? What can mere man do to me? The Lord is on my side. He will help me. Let those who hate me be aware. Amen? I like that because it just kind of turns those threats of the devil like right back on him. Yeah, you better watch out. You're coming against me, but I'm going to be I'm coming against you in the name of the Lord most high. Hebrews 13:6 says, "The Lord is my helper. I am not afraid of anything." If you want to be unstoppable, get up every morning and say, "The Lord is my helper. I am not afraid of anything. The Lord is my shepherd. I have everything I need today." Amen. Cuz if we go back David is the one who beat Goliath. The one who had no fear is the one who beat Goliath. Amen? No fear in Jesus' name. The fear of man is a dangerous trap, but to trust in God means safety. That's Proverbs 29, 25. David was conscious of God and what God had said. But the children of Israel were conscious of the giant. So when you get up in the morning to be unstoppable, to be a giant killer. Be conscious of God. Don't be conscious of, like, things that might be happening in the natural or things that have been spoken or things you've heard. Be conscious of God and the Word of God. The second thing that we have to do to be unstoppable is you have to be yourself, okay? Because God has put gifts and talents Unique gifts and unique talents, unique ideas, things inside of you, okay? He can work miracles through you. And I have a little illustration of this because, because if you notice that the king, he wanted David to put on his armor, but that's not what God had for, for David because David had other, he had been taking care of sheep, so he was skilled with, with the slingshot and and, and that's what, you know, he was good at. God has put things in you that you're good at. So don't look at what others are doing or what others have and think, oh, I have to have this in order to do this, or I need this, or I have to be this way to, to have this or to do this, or I have to, you know, let's go with, I have to have this certain education, or, or I'm never going to be able to be anything, or I have to look like this. Don't look at what others have and what others are doing. 
recognize the gifts and the talents and the abilities that God has put in you, and you are unstoppable. He's put those in you to work miracles through you. Amen? But I want to look like that, and I want to be a warrior like that, and I want what he has. But that's not what God has for me. I can barely move. I'm not going to get very far. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. You have to be yourself. Don't look at what other people have, what other people are doing. Be yourself. Amen. God has created you unique and awesome and mighty and powerful and special. Amen. God is so good. I look at each one of you and I'm like, yes, there's like gifts and talents in this world. You guys are world changers. You're community changers. You're school changers. You're family changers. God has put things in you to reach the world and to reach those around you. And what he has for me and what he's put in me might not be what he has for you. And, but he has awesome things for each one of us. Amen. Unique talents and gifts and abilities and purpose. Amen. Be yourself. If you want to be unstoppable, don't look to other people and see what they're doing. Be you and do the things that God has told you to do and you'll be unstoppable. Amen. I'm going to drop my pants here. Well, that doesn't sound good. Gonna. <laughs> Can't even get them. Oh, well, my costume. Drop my costume. There we go. I want to be myself. I do not want to have to. That kind of stuff. All right. Third thing that we have to do to be unstoppable, don't allow... And I'll let you guys, this will be the part where we'll watch the little clip of the movie. But don't allow negative words or comments from others to stop you or discourage you. Don't let people rob you of your destiny. Amen. Because David came on the scene, on the scene full of faith. You know, he's like, who is this giant? He's, he's not a giant. He's, he's defying God. So he's nothing. And they're like, oh, you're just a cocky little brat. What do you, who do you think you are? Go tend to the sheep. You know what I mean? And so they, oh, I try, just going to try not to say, you know what I mean? I said it like a hundred times the last time I was up here. So <laughs> I was trying not to say it this time. Now you guys are going to be counting if I say it anymore. <laughs> Great. Okay. Don't let people rob you of your destiny. Not everyone is going to rejoice or believe in you, your progress, your prosperity, your vision, or your potential. But God has put things in you, and he's shown you things 
And you cannot let what others say stop you from moving forward with the plan that God has for you. Just as David faced Goliath without encouragement, right? If anything, it was, what are you doing? You're stupid. Don't do that. You have to be willing to face challenges with faith in God to get victory, not faith in man or what, or what man says. Amen. So I just have a little clip. This is an older movie, but um, I just thought it was really cute. So we're going to watch a little clip of Pursuit of Happiness. How about that? You want to do that? No. Hey, Dad, I'm going pro. Yeah, I don't know. You know, uh, you'll probably be about as good as I was. That's kind of the way it works, you know, and I, I, I was below average. You know, so, whoa. So you'll probably ultimately rank somewhere around there, you know, so I really, uh, you'll excel at a lot of things, just not this. I don't want you out here shooting this ball around all day and night, all right? All right. Okay. All right, go ahead. somebody tell you you can't do something not even me all right all right you got a dream you got to protect it people can't do something themselves they want to tell you you can't do it you want something go get it Period. Dad. Amen. You have a dream. You have a vision. God will give you everything you need and has already given you everything you need to do it. Don't let anybody tell you you can't do it. It doesn't matter what people what has gone on in the past if god has put something inside of you you are well equipped and well able to do it he's on your side look what happened to david they said what are you doing don't be ridiculous how can a kid fight like a man you are just a kid goliath sneered at the little red-faced boy cursed david and god and threatened him but david did not back down he knew what god had said that this land was theirs, and so nothing could stop them from having it. Amen? So whatever God has shown you and the things he's put inside of you, nothing can stop you from doing it except for yourself, and you don't go after it. And you see yourself as not obtaining it. And you see yourself as, as the little weak. You have to see yourself the way that God sees you, well-able, well-equipped. Amen? So let's go over this real quick. We have one more point. This is to enable you to be unstoppable giant killers. Have confidence in the Lord. Be yourself. Don't allow negative words or comments from others to stop you or discourage you. And the fourth thing is your words 
that you speak, they're powerful. Psalms 103.20 says, God created the world by words. Every word David spoke was a positive confession of certain victory. No matter what he saw, no matter what he heard, he spoke positive victory. No words of fear came out of his mouth, no words of doubt, no words of unbelief, no words of defeat. And just like David, our words have to be words of life. They have to line up with the word of God. The Bible says that the power of life and death is in our tongue. So you're either speaking every word that comes out of your mouth. It's either life and lining up with the word of God, or it is death and it is contrary to the word of God. So your words are very powerful and they're very important. First Corinthians 15, 57 says, but thanks be to God who has given us the victory. You have victory in every area of your life. Your words should be words of victory. Your words are powerful. You can't let defeat. You can't let fear. You can't let intimidation come out of your mouth. Amen. The devil is going to do everything he can to threaten you and to scare you and to stop you from being all that God has called you um, to be, stop you from having all that God has called you to have, stop you from doing the great things that God is calling you to do. He's going to threaten you and make you think that you can't do it and you shouldn't do it and, and all these things, but those are lies from the enemy. If God has put a dream and a vision inside of you, you are well able, you can do it. Speak life into those dreams and those visions. Jeremiah one twelve said, God performs his word he hastens to perform his word when you put those words out there and their words of life and their words that are lining up with the word of god god comes and he's gonna do it amen so you just keep speaking it and speaking it and believing it the difference between david and the children of israel was that david actually believed what god said was true that this land is yours and so he acted upon it so i just want to end with no matter what giants that you face believe that God is for you be aware of how great God is and know that his power is limitless and he has already given you the victory see yourselves as victorious if you don't see yourselves as accomplishing the things that he's shown you if you don't see yourself moving forward if you don't see yourself doing it then you probably are never going to do it you might get a little bump, but if you don't see yourself, then it's not going to happen. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Think that you're victorious. Meditate that you're victorious. Speak that you're victorious in every area of your life. See your giants falling. Amen? Maybe it's giants of sickness. Maybe you've been threatened by the enemy with sickness. Maybe it's fear of lack. Maybe it's depression. Maybe it's addiction or low self-esteem or just a fear of rejection or you have strained relationships. Maybe the, the devil is threatening you with all kinds of things and putting all kinds of garbage. See past that and see what the word of the Lord says. Amen. You have been given victory in every area of your life. You're unstoppable. Amen. No devil can stop you. The power of the living God is inside of you. And you are well able to do all the things that he's called you to be and, and do all the things that he's called you to do. Amen.
We serve an awesome, powerful, mighty God. And because we serve him and he's in us, you're awesome, powerful, and mighty. All things are possible to him who believes. Amen. So we can go ahead and come up. God is on your side. Let's go over that one more time. You're unstoppable giant killers. Your confidence is in the Lord. You're going to be yourselves and know who God has created you to be and who he's called you to be. You're not going to allow negative words or comments from others to stop you or discourage you. And your words are powerful. So your words are words of life. Amen. Everybody say, I'm unstoppable. Amen. Let's all stand together. Hallelujah. Let's all lift our hands tonight. Father, we thank you so much. We love you, Father. We thank you. You've made us unstoppable. You are the unstoppable one, and you dwell on the inside of us. We thank you, Father God, for your Holy Spirit in us. We thank you so much. All across the room tonight, if you're here, and you'd 